later after the sermon here, I'll just ask y'all um, just places where you have uh, felt at home or discovered a home. Uh, and thinking about this question, Noah, uh, when I was in grade school, our, our family went everywhere in our, our shiny, we had this shiny Dodge black van. And I especially remember driving home in the wintertime from grandma's house in, in Wichita, Kansas, to our home in central Texas, which was about 35 miles north of, of Dallas in a little farming community. And it was usually when we drove home, it was usually cold and snowy and icy. And we were driving home on I-35, if any of you have been on that, on that interstate. And the wind was howling. Uh, but our van... And our van was being pushed usually across the lane, back and forth across the lane there on the way home. But our, our trustworthy van always held us and kept us safe and held our ground. And my mom and dad, they always sat in the, in the front of the van and they would talk softly while listening to a KBCO radio. And my sister and I, we would wrap ourselves in blankets and, and sleep on the cushioned bench seats and it just always felt so snug and comfortable and our van was, was kind of like a cocoon that held us and it kept us safe from all the, the conditions outside and I always felt the warmth <clears throat> the love and the, the assurance of home inside our van and I never wanted those car trips to end because it was so secure and so safe and so welcoming inside that, in that, inside that car. And so what is home to us? Is it a place or is it a, a state of being or is it really just both? And today Jesus quietly says to us, make your home in me as I make mine in you. It was interesting asking this, this question to our, our youth this past Tuesday and just the thoughts they had on that. Because we are our Christ's preferred, we are his preferred dwelling place. So where do we reside? Where do we dwell? Brennan Manning says, home is not a heavenly mansion in the afterlife, but a safe place right in the middle of our anxious world. So where is our home. Perhaps we found home with a, a loving elementary teacher who greeted us every morning with that warm hug, and we just anticipated seeing her and knowing she was just going to wrap her arms around us, and we felt at home. And she probably wrote very kind words on our, our homework, like, good job, you can do it, or I'm proud of you. And she spoke words of encouragement to us welcoming us and assuring us that we were okay. And she saw our goodness and our worth. And her classroom was probably decorated with festive colors and bulletin boards. <clears throat> and that room became a home for us away from home. And also in thinking about home, I, I loved uh, the church that I grew up in, uh, the Wiley United Methodist Church. And when I was thinking back on this church, it was not an exciting place at all, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but what it was, it was very quiet and very peaceful. And I felt 
at home there. We went every Sunday. And when we worshiped on Sunday mornings, I could sit still in the sanctuary with my thoughts and my questions. And it was okay. And thinking back on that time, I think I was probably developing a love affair with interior silence. And I did not even know it. And when I was sitting in that church, if the sermon dragged on too long or, or if I just got tired, it was okay for me to nod off. And that was fine. Nobody minded me sleeping in the church. And the old hymns that we sang, some of the same hymns that we sing today, they seemed to go on and on when I was a little kid. But they started to settle in my heart, unbeknownst to me. And the gray-haired elders in that church who were probably much younger than I am today, <laughs> Mr. Smith and Dr. Sewell and Mrs. Neighbors, they always shook my hand or, or gave me a hug after church. And they asked me questions about my life. And I just felt special and valued in that church. And this day, and I realized that not everyone maybe grew up in a, a very welcoming church, a church home. But I am thankful to this very day for the one that nurtured me and made me feel comfortable and loved me and accept me. And I was at home in that place. Brennan Manning says, home is the sacred place, and it can be external or internal, where we do not have to be afraid. And we are confident of hospitality and love. That's a great definition for home. Home is the sacred place, external or internal, where we don't have to be afraid, and we are confident of hospitality and love. And to those of us who are maybe fleeing from hostile boards or, or incorrigible neighbors or, or dead-end jobs, and maybe we are even fleeing from ourselves, Jesus says, you have a home in me. I am your home. You will find it to be an intimate place of compassion and forgiveness. Manning says home is right where we are in our innermost being, in our heart. And home is as close as our very next breath. So where is our home? <clears throat> and where do we spend our time? Do we dwell in that house of grace, in love, in peace? Or do we spend more time dwelling in the house of fear? Nuon says, when fear pervades our lives, we are living in the house of fear. And from there, we look out into the world. And what we see from the front porch of fear is alienation and scarcity. And that fear, it paralyzes us. And people often use fear to control us and, and to divide us. And that house of fear constricts our hearts. It disables our relationships. It robs us of joy. And it immobilizes us. It's kind of that picture of the disciples in the boat with Jesus. And the fear overwhelms them and they, and they cannot move. <clears throat> but our creator's house of love <clears throat> expands our hearts and our community and our relationships. And God's house opens our hearts and we see 
that all is at one, all is one. And if this is so, why are we so afraid? And while we profess a faith in God's unconditional love, many of us still live in fear, says Manning. Nuon says we're constantly at, are asking ourselves these, these what-if questions. I do this all the time. What if I don't find a house? What if I don't find a job or a friend or a spouse or a benefactor? What if I get fired? What if an accident happens? What if my marriage fails? What if someone steals my money and breaks into my house or, or kills me? And Manning says, once these what-if questions guide our lives, then we take out a second mortgage in the house of fear. Once these what-if questions start guiding our lives, then we take out a second mortgage in the house of fear. So how much time do we spend in the house of fear, building higher walls, accumulating more weapons, hoarding more possessions, passing more laws to keep strangers and ideas at bay, upgrading our security system? How much time do we spend in that house of fear? And how much time do we spend in Christ's house of grace, living in a spirit of compassion and understanding and accepting acceptance and soaking in that peace, that grace, and that goodness? When I think back to that van that I considered a home in my youth, my sister totaled our shiny black van one day while skipping class with her high school friends. And thankfully, everyone was all right. And years later, my, my father passed away. And a year or two after him, my sister died as well. And not much remains from that precious old van and the family that she carried. But one thing, one thing remains that that van carried and it's still just as vital and strong as ever. And that is love, the love and the grace of God. And it is enough. Our creator's love sees us through and carries us home. And my prayer for all of us today is that we may find our home in God's love and grace. And as the psalm, the beloved song that we say quite often says, for surely goodness and loving kindness will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.